Hey everybody, big announcement. We just dropped the Superkin official merch store. Yes, you can support the podcast by grabbing our awesome new summer collection. Check out Superkin official. And as always, thanks for listening and supporting. Today's episode is sponsored by Cool Properties. If you're headed to Las Vegas for a family or corporate outing and want a different experience, if you want to avoid the crowds, traffic, and chaos, you know what I'm talking about. Check out Cool Properties in Mesquite, Nevada, about an hour and a half outside Las Vegas. They offer a variety of property rentals, just minutes away from two world-class golf courses and luxury resorts. Full access to pools, hot tubs, gyms, and they are all located at the clubhouse. Bring the family, huh, or not, rest easy with Cool Properties. Click the link below for more details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Between the Fur. Appreciate y'all listening. Today we have a very special guest. A guy that I had not thought about being on here until I saw him the other day. And I was like, yeah, duh. Oh my gosh. Kyle, I've known you forever. We've gone back a ways. Ran into each other just you know, here and there through different events and, and all that. And then I saw you at Mascot Conference down in San Antonio, Kyle Hampshire Orbit. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I know, I know you're getting desperate when you have someone like me on the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> How many guys have used that line already? A Am few. I right? A few. A few. But a few. Yeah. No, not not digging deep on this one, man. You're you're top of the barrel there. So, yeah. No, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you being on here. And it, we had such a good time at this conference down there, especially your presentation about uh, stuff in the crowd. I love that. My one mm. of my strengths, I guess. I you know people ask me my strengths. You know, is crowd work. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I it, mm -hmm. you know it's n never anything. This you know nothing. Never a dull moment. It's always different. People mm -hmm. are crazy. You can uh, have a different experience every day that you're in the crowd. Now, with you being baseball, man, you are, you're outside. You've had a homestand this week. Mm -hmm. how, how long is this homestand? Seven. Seven uh, I'm looking for a schedule. I, 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 they tend to run together. I want to say this one was seven. So, yeah, we had an afternoon game yesterday, uh, and so that felt like a normal work day. But yeah, I believe, I believe it was a seven-day homestand is what we just capped off. Dang. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Yeah. And I, and I thought to myself, I'm like, my goodness, I just worked seven days in a row nonstop. You know what, you know what I want to do? I want to jump on this podcast and talk to Ken. That's the next <laughs> thing I want to do. So it all worked out. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it got you through the homestand, huh? It did. Had something to look forward to. <laughs> oh, good. Well, so tell me a little bit about you, about your career, your, you know, how long you've been with the Astros and, and what's your, what's been your journey to get there and, and things like that. The reason why I'm, I'm emphasizing this today is because I asked a young guy yesterday that I had a zoom call with, uh, you know, what, what his journey was. I was blown away. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, people talk about, you know, how they got there and everything, but man, he really wants to hit the pros. And mm. is, is that where you came from? Is, did, you, did you have this crazy desire to get in costume and run around and get paid for it? Is that where, was that your end goal in the, or is that where you happen to end up? Yes, it, uh, it was my end goal. Um, I realized about halfway through college that that's what I wanted to make my ultimate aspiration. And so, you know, you, you've been in this industry long enough, you know, there's plenty of guys that kind of stumble into it. You know, um, you know, I've known guys who are like, hey, I was dating the intern and they needed a guy to be in this suit. And so I did it and here I am. Or, you know, uh, everyone comes from all different walks of life. I'm, I am one of those guys that, you know, uh, from my late teens, I decided to try my darndest to do everything I could to kind of get where I am here. So uh, to address your question as far as what has the journey been, where did I start? I mean, I, I started in the humble beginnings of high school. Um, I actually had a friend, my, my best friend in high school, his brother, actually happened to be a mascot. Uh, he, he was a college mascot. Uh, I grew up in a very small town in Arkansas. Um, and so in a weird way, I really kind of had to learn through the school of hard knocks, you know, because living in Houston now, I mean, anybody who lives in Houston has access to at least four professional performers at any given moment. Like I, I didn't really have, I didn't really have that. And so um, I watched him start moving through the minor leagues and, you know, do a professional audition and whatnot. Um, He didn't end up turning it into a a full-time career, but I saw like, oh, wow, this is actually something that's really, really cool. And, you know, I was um, a performer at heart. I was in band. I was in drama. I was in theater, all that kind of stuff. And as I started watching him, and I guess you could say my very first exposure was I was his handler. Uh, He worked for an arena football team, and I was his handler. And so I kind of got to learn the ropes from a very – elementary level and thought to myself, you know something, this is, this is something that I kind of get. This is something that I understand. And so uh, I started in high school, my senior year, uh, and was the mascot for my high school. I did the whole camp thing, got a couple awards at camp, um, started getting noticed by some newspapers and some um, uh, media t- uh, news teams and whatnot. A couple people did some stories on me. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this is something that I could, you know, do beyond just uh, goofing off in high school. And so um, upon graduating high school, I actually landed a job as a minor league mascot, as well as a arena football team mascot. Ironically enough, the same team that I was handler for before, because once he moved on to bigger and better things, there was a vacancy and he knew that I had experience. And so the interesting thing is I knew I wanted to do it in college, but the one school that gave me a full ride, which was Arkansas State University, had um, they didn't have a mascot at the time because at the time they were the Indians, okay? And so, you know, there was that stigma of Native American mascots. And, you know, they had an Indian family that wore Native American attire, but, you know, they were more stoic and, you know, they didn't have a costume-headed character to uh, perform. So, I mean, that's where I was going for the fall. My original plan was to go to Arkansas State for two years, get all my basics out of the way, and then transfer to another school that had a mascot so I could perform. Well, the summer before my freshman year, what do you know, they came up with a mascot. 
Okay. Now, it wasn't an Indian because there was still a lot of sensitivities there. So they came up with what they called a spirit character. Okay. Ooh, I like now, it. It, it's literally the exact same thing as a mascot. The only difference is in name alone. Okay. And so the character's name was Red. If you Google any image, it says it was this weird, nebulous looking thing that looked like a Nickelodeon cartoon. It had this seven inch dreads that stood straight up. Uh, it was a really unique character. And what was interesting was I got in touch with the athletic department and said, hey, uh, I see you guys have come up with this character. I actually have mascot experience. Uh, I'd love to, you know, see if I can try out if you don't have anyone. And they said, really? Well, we actually have an, you know, a alumni luncheon, donor luncheon, something or other in Little Rock this week, and that can be your audition. So I, okay, cool. So I, I, I drove 20 minutes up the road, suited up, and that was my audition, and the rest is history. Now, I would say I learned a lot of stuff in terms of overcoming adversity that very first year because as I had mentioned previously, there was a lot of sensitivities and rumors that years later ended up being true, that they were actually going to change the mascot. So when this character came out that wasn't an Indian, it was met with a lot of negative reaction, a lot of negative reaction. Um, but you know, I, I did what I knew to do in terms of a uh, creative interactive performer. And I just kind of did my thing for four years. Um, you know, got a, a inner, you know, the national mascot competitions placed a few times with those uh, about, like I said, halfway through college. In fact, I can I can pinpoint it. It was my sophomore year. I decided that uh, I wanted to actually pursue this as a career. Uh, and it was around that time that I started meeting professionals. I met Scott Hesington during that time because six degrees of mascotting. He, too, used to mascot for that arena football team that I mascotted for. And so I started meeting him and kind of picking his brain in terms of, you know, what I could do to turn this into a profession. And I actually changed my major during that time to theater in, in an effort to pursue that. And so um, during that time, again, was working for a minor league team, working for an arena football team. I was working uh, as a mascot instructor over the summer for high school and college camps. And then by the time I graduated, there were a number of openings in the uh, professional world. In fact, I think that year there was about seven openings, which you know as well as I do in this industry. Seven is an unheard of number. That's like the planets okay. aligning and yeah, that, Ex that, doesn't, exactly. that doesn't happen. Right, right. And so I, I put in for all of them. The, the two that I actually got interviews for were the Cleveland Indians and the uh, Florida Panthers hockey team of the NHL. Uh, I interviewed for both of them. At the time, the Cleveland Indians, they said, hey, you know what? I think our, our performers are retiring, um, so we're going to see if we can bring someone else on to take his place. They went through the entire interview process, and he ended up not retiring, and he's still there. <laughs> to, to this day, 15 years later. Um, that actually sounds familiar. I right, yeah, we've heard, that, but... <laughs> we've heard this story a couple times before. So, uh, so I, I interviewed with the Florida Panthers. I ended up getting that job, um, and so I worked for them for five years, and I believe that's right around the time that you and I first met. Um, was at the NBA mascot conference in Miami because I convinced them to let me attend because it was just a short drive down the road. Um, right. Learned I, I, I learned a whole lot those first two years just in terms of, you know, humility and 
once you're amongst peers that share your same uh, talents and skill sets, then, you know, hey, oh, that's about when it hit. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the big leagues now, you know. Um, had a lot of fun those first five years. Unfortunately, I was on the losing end of the 2012 NHL lockout and work stoppage. Mm. Um, you know, because of that work stoppage, they had to make some very difficult business decisions, one of which was letting me go. Um, you know, and I fought tooth and nail because I'm, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, guys, I'm the mascot. Like, I, during a lockout, you need me more than anything. You know, like, you know, who, who else are you going to use for these community events and all this kind of stuff? But um, unfortunately, obviously, the decision was made as the old saying goes. It's business. It's not personal. And it, it took me a long time to understand that. But uh, I certainly understand it now. But it ended up being quite a blessing in disguise because while all that was happening, the Houston Astros were going through a rebrand. They had just gotten new ownership. Um, they had gone from a brand that they had used as a team for the greater part of 12 years, and they were going back to some of their earlier branding, which is, you know, the, the orange H star logo and, and stuff like that. And part of that was um, they were going to be creating a new mascot, which in reality they were bringing back orbit from the 90s up to today to go to coincide with the branding that they were going back to so what's really interesting about this whole thing is the way that they were going to go about selecting that character was they were going to have a or i said they were they were having a you make the call contest okay where anybody who was anybody who wanted to audition for the mascot could audition Okay. And it was done through an online fan vote. Okay. Wow. Um, and so I, I, I actually put in for it because I was freshly unemployed and it happened to be one of the only opportunities available. And I think the first round they picked 50 people and they contacted me and said, Hey, you know what? You can, we'd love for you to come audition. I said, okay, great. And they're like, okay, see you there. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. Like someone going to contact me about hotels flights whatever and they're like oh no 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 you you, you pay your own way and i was kind of like ah thanks for what? the opportunity but i mean even if i wasn't in a position where i could um you know uh, even if i wasn't in a position where i was between jobs i wouldn't i wouldn't do that anyway so best of luck well what ended up happening they narrowed the okay, 50 so down to 10 let go me, ahead let me let me jump in on this real quick so mm -hmm. that right there would raise red flags with me and it would paint a picture of my future with mm -hmm. that company. Is that what was going through your head? Like, yeah, I, I, I look, I'm not gonna, I mean, if you're gonna, not gonna pay for us to come out, you know, if you're, if you're that interested, then, I mean, is this the way it's gonna be? Okay. Is the mascot I, gonna be supported enough? Am I gonna be supported sure. enough? You know, sure. all that stuff. So, I mean, you can't really ask those questions. But that would be mm -hmm. going through my head like, okay, maybe this is what the company's all about. Right, right. I mean, at the time, it certainly seemed like, you know, hey, uh, and, and I guess I guess retrospectively, it was because, you know, hey, they, they were opening it up to so many people, you know, that they couldn't do. By a, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And, I mean, and I think realistic. by 
Right, and ultimately what it led to is you got a, a ton of locals, uh, a ton of super fans. Um, you know, they may have had mascot experience, they may not have, but really I, I think what ended up happening was they realized, and this is kind of where I come in, they realized that they may have boxed themselves in with regard to what they could have um what they were opening themselves up to talent wise. Okay. And so they narrowed it down from 50 to 10. Uh, you know, those 10 got, you know, the in-person um, audition. And then from those, they narrowed it down to four. There was a final four. Um, and it was around that time, um, Robert Bodwin was actually consulting with this particular uh, contest, which was, which was kind of neat. And they kind of took a step back and asked themselves, okay, we're down to four. Hey, hey, what do you think? What do you think of these four? And and he said kind of the same thing we just said. He's like, look, I, th I think you've got a good talent, a pool of talent here, but you may have possibly shortchanged yourself by not inviting someone maybe from beyond the state or city lines, you know? Um, and so they said, okay, well, how about we go back through the resumes, look through and just see if we want to, just to be sure if we want to pull one person just to bring them in just to see, to make sure that we're not shortchanging themselves. Well, what do you know? They pulled my resume. Okay. So, of course. uh, yeah, they, they flew me in after all, I uh, had a golly six hour interview process. Um, you know, cause I interviewed with 13 different people, you know, they were very thorough and wanted to make sure that, you know, Hey, if we're going to have this expensive coming through, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing doing it by the book. And what was so cool about this whole thing is, you know, I had all but forgotten about it. I, I really had, you know, my wife and I were, you know, walking through a park, pushing our six month old son, just kind of figuring out what our next step was going to be. Because, you know, we're 1200 miles away. This is in Florida. We're 1200 miles away from any support system that we know. We've got a new baby. I'm unemployed. Like, what is going on? And my phone rings and it's a 713 number. And I look around, I was like, 713 what, what spam. is spam i don't know yeah she's like, well she had the wherewithal to say answer it and so i'm like hello this is kyle and i hear uh hi this is kyle i'm like yes uh this is george pistolos the ceo of the houston astros do you have a moment to speak <clears throat> uh why yes sir i do you know and so <laughs> and so like my initial interview was just like kind of there on my cell phone in a park you know just kind of um you know making sure i'd be ideal for the position and like I said, I, I came in, did the audition. Um, a, uh, they, they offered me the job. Now, you also have to kind of consider at the same time, like they had a very public co uh, contest yeah. that was happening simultaneously. They said, look, these are the four people we've narrowed it down to, and it was a public vote, right? So you, you, it was like American Idol style. You would go online, and it wasn't, it wasn't just, hey, contestant number one, contestant number two, contestant number three, they actually used the performers' names. So it'd be like, hey, vote for Ken Solomon, or hey, vote for Kyle Hampshire. So it was very public, so they had to do something, okay? So luckily, um, w w the contestant they ended up choosing already worked for the company, and he had a ton of mascot experience anyway, and so they were so cool about wanting to do it right, because they also had, uh, because the president at the time had a history and a relationship with Robert at the Rockets, they kind of knew what the formula for a successful program was. And so they said, Hey, look, you know what, 
we can have two people. You know, one guy's going to focus on the creative and the performance. The other guy's going to focus on the business and the booking. And there we go. And so it ended up working out really, really well. And so, you know, in, in the emergency situation that has popped up throughout the years, whether it's a baby being born, a family member dying, or heaven forbid, a global pandemic, um, you know, there was kind of a natural built-in emergency backup there. So that's how I got here in a nutshell. Man, that's it's an amazing story. And you know, I always, t- I, I, as, you're, as you're talking there, I, this kind of ran through my mind a little bit that, you know, isn't it amazing how, and I hear this over and over about, you know, either getting fired here or missing that opportunity there or, you know, thinking that, oh, all is lost here you know, out of these things, you, you, you come great things, come miracles, come, you know, mm-hmm. the, the path opens up, you know, the, 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 the seas part for you in a, in a place that, you know, is just for you. And yeah, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, in the man upstairs taking care of you. And it, it, mm-hmm. it you know, the best things always, uh, you know, the best things for you always coming out and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had some things like that happen lately with me and it, it just reaffirms that, man, you know, th- these opportunities can happen for people if they stick to it. You were all in from, from, mm-hmm. it sounds like day one, once you decided, Hey, yeah, this is my, this is my future and you weren't going to let anything stop you. You worked and worked you know, here and there where you could, got experience, grew, grew, grew. And man, when that opportunity opened up, you were ready, you know? And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I think we, we think, oh, we're, uh, well, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Bring, bring it on. Let's go. And a lot of times mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, no, you're not ready quite yet. And, and better things are down the road for you. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I was um, speaking of the other, um, half that you've got there working with you um your assistant's name is so that's that's a different story okay. uh so 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 th- he is someone completely different so let me kind of tell you how we have how this whole thing works over here so we have so the the, the guy who initially was was kind of the the one to punch he's still with us but he works in in grassroots now okay, okay. so he he does all of the appearance booking Okay. Now, as the, and his name is Richard, for the record. If, if he listens to this, you know, he'll want to make sure I give him a shout out. So, yeah, we, we got you, Rich. <laughs> Richard. Um, yes. And so, uh, so he, he uh, there was an opening there, and he kind of evolved over into the grassroots side. And so not only does he still book all of our appearances for the Orbit side, but now he also oversees our interactive team, our promo team, our, um, our, our, our dancers and he does all of their booking and stuff like that well you know this is my 10th season and as the character continued to get popular and you know we started introducing certain uh goodwill and outreach programs such as our school shows it got to the point where you know he was you know he's hey look we're, we're doing so many appearances that i i can't accompany every appearance and still be in front of my computer and to book more so we realized that there is an opportunity to bring in yet another body 
Okay, and that and that person's job is to be the assistant, the handler, um, the MC, and all that. So so that's Oscar. Okay, now he joined he joined us about yes he joined us about five years ago, um, and I think you could have an entire podcast on him alone. I think yeah, I need to connect you two because because he's such a cool dude. He has he's got experience in Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. He was a clown with in the circus. That's what you were saying okay. yeah before that's awesome. Yeah, he was a clown in the circus. Uh, you know, aside from that, you know, he's had a, you know, performance background, you know, for most of his professional life. Uh, he came to me from Las Vegas and he, he wasn't a Vegas performer, but he was in a, uh, he worked at Dick's Last Resort, which is, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a restaurant where the waiters and wait staff are deliberately sarcastic. Oh, okay. yes. No, I've heard of this. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so he's super duper sharp and quick wit. You know what I mean? Like, he, he has a black belt in verbal judo. And so we got kind of a cool thing going on where, you know, he is the right-hand man with Orbit, accompanies Orbit on every single appearance. And then we have somebody else who is able to do a lot of the office work and, you know, fielding the phone calls and booking appearances and stuff because, I mean, we're – you know, in a busy year, which this year has proven to be, you know, we're out of the office 80 hours out of the week sometimes, you know, just going out and doing events and stuff like that. And so it really uh, has benefited us to have yet another person back in the office being able to uh, facilitate those requests. Man, that's great. You know, meeting him at uh, Mascot Conference recently, I, he's got such a great personality, Oscar. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, just, just the, the, the philosophy that you have about moving through the crowd. I love it. I want, I want Mm. you to share that with me. Uh, it's, it's really priceless. And the way you put it there was spot on. You said, Mm -hmm. and, and I want you to run with this. You said, yeah, moving through the crowd, you want to emphasize what's, what's happening, what's going on there. And you can also make fun of the regular stuff that you always see, you know, hey, is it hot in there? Or, mm. you know, um, hey, selfie, 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 selfie. Hey, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Any mascot, every mascot gets those things over and over and over. And you've got a great mm. way of moving through the crowd, keeping, keeping mobile without getting stuck for the most part. Mm-hmm. I love it. So, yeah. So you mentioned at, at the top of the hour how, you know, one of your strong suits is crowd work. And, and I would agree that the same thing is for me. Um, and that was probably the biggest opportunity that I found uh, when I first started working in Major League Baseball because I came from hockey. Hockey is the fastest live sport to watch. It's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Whereas uh, baseball is more of a social sport. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some people may even call it a good old boy sport. All right. You know, there, there's a lot of sitting and visiting and chatting. Oh, there's a pitch. He swung. Okay. More sitting and visiting and chatting. He's P pitches again. So there is a lot of opportunity to, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a slower moving game. There is a lot of opportunity to have those one-on-one moments with the crowd. And for me, because when I first got here, we were working with a bit of a blank slate and there wasn't necessarily any real estate for skits or anything like that. That's where I kind of had to start was right in the crowd. And 
the way I have always approached my crowd work is that we are looking for moments. Okay. We're always looking for moments that we can have either with a person or with the crowd as a whole. And I look at it almost like a movie. You know, you look, you, you watch any movie, some shots are in widescreen, right? Mm-hmm. Some shots are close up. And that's kind of the way that we have approached our crowd work. You know, hey, you know, I could stand on a chair and get the entire section to interact, or I can focus in on one person and make it special for that one person. But we try so hard to look for certain moments. Now, with regard to, you know, what you had mentioned and what we ultimately spoke about at the conference last week was how do we take those little moments that happen every game that can almost be a nuisance well i'll say almost can be a nuisance and flip them and turn them into something that's fun that we look forward to um the first example i can give because every single mascot deals with it is the selfie brigade okay Mm -hmm. you cannot go anywhere without someone wanting a selfie someone wanting a picture um and you know we we kind of have a a pretty hard line we will not stop on the concourse you know, if we have to get from A to B and we're walking through the concourse, we do not stop. Um, and so, you know, we, we got to thinking to ourselves like, man, we just, you know, some games are better than others. You know, there's some times where we get what we call the zombie apocalypse where, you know, everyone's just tugging you every direction. Um, so a couple things we started doing that we just kind of chuckled amongst ourselves, but we found that other people found them funny as well. Is someone say, hey, let me get a picture. Or, or hey, can I have a picture? And if they use that exact verbiage, we pull out a picture of Orb and say, here you go. There's your picture. Love and then it. they're like, no, that's not what I meant. And then we could take pause and be like, oh, well, why didn't you say so? And so that creates a moment there. You know, um, another thing that we found was sometimes we would sit down and all of those cell phone cameras would start popping up. Okay. Everyone getting the selfie. And at first we were kind of like, ah, ah, you know, we can't see. But then I realized, I said, you know what? What if we got like a little Nerf gun with the little suction cup darts? And, you know, <laughs> once those cell phones started popping up, we would just and and it would what would happen was we would launch a dart at the phone. And if we hit it right, which ironically enough, I had pretty good accuracy. I mean, you had you had two steps to that moment. It would go. Yeah, it would stick on the phone. Right. So there's that initial shot of the person be like, oh, my gosh. And then everyone else would see what's happening. They would get a laugh. And then the third step, because comedy comes in threes, the third step is reloading, like, who's next? Well, then the phones go down. So we've accomplished two things. Number one, we've entertained everybody. Everyone's had a good laugh. And number two, in a weird way, we've alleviated our problem that we're just trying to navigate through this sea of cell phones. Um, So that was one thing. We have semi-retired that bit um, uh, for a a number of reasons, one of which just being uh, recent events. We just Mm -hmm. just felt, you know what, it's run its course. We've had our fun, um, and so you know uh, we we're we're good with it, living the life that it lived. Um, but some other things that we found uh, that everybody you know might go through is you know hey it's my birthday, like okay, uh, cake, <laughs> and, and, I, they, and they <laughs> throw that phrase out yeah. like like it's supposed to yeah. you know the whole world is supposed to flip upside down for you for a second exactly, you know? like, and I think. <laughs> What's so interesting about baseball is because, you know, in baseball, it, it starts from the moment you walk in the game. People are like, give me something, give me something, give me something. And it's, and it's not necessarily a toxic trait. It's just, you know, hey, first thing you do when you walk in a building, batting practice is happening. Okay? There is a very good chance. You could catch a ball and go home with a souvenir, whether that's 
hit to you or a player just says, you know what? Here you go, kid. Thanks for coming to the game. And so we go everywhere if we're backstage. Let me get a ball. Let me get this. Let me get that. And so I think oftentimes when people are like, hey, it's my birthday, that's their justification. It's my birthday. Therefore, I deserve X. Okay. Now, we're going to give him a good time, um, of course. But, you know, we, we over the course of the years, we were thinking to ourselves, like, okay, how can we say nobody cares without saying nobody cares <laughs> and and sound like a jerk you know because at the end of the day we still want to bring joy and make people laugh so <laughs> I, I i've even gone as far as to literally act that out like whoopity do <laughs> oh yeah like exactly and so for the longest time you know we would walk by and someone say hey it's my birthday and oscar would go happy birthday and then keep walking you know um <laughs> And so what we did, and this is recent, this is just this year, we, you know, we, whenever we start, you know, kind of, we, we do a lot of shopping, like literally, we will go to party stores and novelty stores and costume stores and just look around and see what can we do. Well, we got this idea that if you would just keep a handful or a pocket full of confetti and a little party horn in his pocket, that when people would say, hey, uh, it's my birthday, he pulls out that potty horn and goes, Hark! and and just very just nonchalantly tosses confetti and then it's kind of like there you go that uh happy yeah. birthday i guess <laughs> and you know and, and you just keep walking <laughs> and we just keep walking yeah we just we just keep walking and so it, it creates like okay i i did what you asked i gave you the attention that you asked for but i also kind of gave you that little nod of so what okay there's forty-five thousand people here i'm sure there's a ton of birthdays you know um <laughs> You know, the, the other one that we're trying to, to navigate through is it's my first game. You know, oh, hey, it's my first game. Uh, really, we've been around 60 years. What took you so long? You know, uh, right. but we're, we're trying to figure out where we go with that. But, you know, we've got, we've got a little utility belt of all sorts of fun little cool toys and gadgets and gizmos and stuff that we've just identified. You know, hey, if, if someone's behind you and trying to look and, hey, I can't see the game, well, we'll give them a set of x-ray glasses. You know, you know, there you go. Now, now you can see through me. There you, are, there you have it. And so, yeah, um, you know, we we tr we try and yeah, we try and find those moments that you know we know inevitably will come up. But we also try to look for the moments um, that we know will just create a core memory, either for one person or or for a group of people. Um, and and so uh, you know, that's kind of how we go about doing stuff. I I I really love that. I was I was really enamored by it by that whole presentation you gave because it was so simple. And yet, I mean, it's the whole, uh, like, like the, the, uh, the t-shirt that t-shirt idea that I got from Robert Bodwin was, uh, you know, I hate cell phone cameras. So you mm -hmm. come out of the tunnel and <laughs> look up there. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. And you mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's, it's like a wave that goes, you know, from there. It's like, oh my gosh, look, and pulling out the cameras. Pull, you know, that's inviting mm. it, that's embracing it. Uh, I love that mm -hmm. idea. I'll tell you another one that I used to uh, do uh, a lot of uh, is um, <laughs> signing autographs. I mean, you got a line a mile long, and mm. you know, you're going and you're going, you're trying to go as fast as you can, give each person, you know, a, a moment. Uh, a special mm -hmm. experience, but man, you got to get through that line. You, you know, I always want to get to the end of the line, uh, make sure mm -hmm. that everybody, we have enough time for everybody. So I'm hurrying and everything, but man, inevitably it's like, Hey, can I get a picture or can I, can you sign that? Let's see. Um, I'm like, okay, 
give me a name. You know, my assistant's there. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, who, who are we signing this for? Yeah, can you um, sign one for my uncle? And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, to my uncle. <laughs> Boom, there you go. <laughs> yep. Or, or, or hey, <laughs> wait, it's, wait, it's Chris with a K. And, and write out, here, to Chris with a K. You know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or if I misspelled mm-hmm. it. Oh, no, uh, it's Chris with a K. Okay. <laughs> Draw an X over that. Just with just tear it up. Fine, we'll start over. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> or I'll do the whole, okay, could have used that information yesterday. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> but it's, it's all fun. Yeah, and they love it when you throw an autograph card. Okay. <laughs> and all the kids run after it. It only has O-R on it. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and you know what's so funny? You mentioned throwing something and running after it. So kind of rewinding back about five, five minutes, you know, we, I mentioned, um, you know, trying to circumnavigate certain scenarios that might be a nuisance to you. And I also mentioned that, hey, you know what? We never stop on the concourse because, man, there's some games people I, – I always say I am more than happy to – give everyone a picture, give everyone an autograph, do whatever we want. But the moment people start acting, um, for lack of a better term, stupid, uh, that's the moment <laughs> that we have to remove ourselves from the situation, you know, because uh, so it, it, an, it's the unfortunate thing is, you know, oftentimes people want that picture just for cloud on social media. You know, mm-hmm. the likelihood of them going to a one-hour photo printing it off, framing it, and putting it in their living room for everyone to see is very unlikely. They want to post it so they can, you know, get a, get a little bit of legitimacy, likes, or clout, whatever you want to call it. And so we'll be going through the concourse, and we'll have people sling their kids in front of us. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and, 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 and we'll trip, you know. And, and, you know, I have three handlers per game, and they have to create, like, a triangular formation because I have found, even recently, it's, it's like texting and driving. Like if we're trying to get from point A to point B and I look to the side to try and take a selfie, I'm no longer have my eyes on the road and that becomes dangerous for me. So what we started doing recently, and it, we've had about 75% success rate with it, is we'll be going through the concourse, things will get nuts, and then we'll pull out a t-shirt and say, hey, who wants a t-shirt? And then just toss it in the middle of them like a flashbang and everyone's heads turn and goes toward the t-shirt and then we split and get out of there you know <laughs> I've, I've used that too <laughs> hey you look over there mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh see that's great and this is a whole different perspective baseball is a whole another animal so to mm-hmm. speak yeah how do you oh, like yeah. your how do you like your character how do you like working your character it's really unique uh, and i was actually gonna yes. wear your the t-shirt you gave me today and i uh, but you didn't i didn't so, yeah there's that That's yeah okay. i was i was gonna wear the t-shirt you gave me oh wait you didn't give me one uh but i digress that's besides the point uh no i would i man i would say this has probably been my favorite character that i've ever portrayed and i do think that there is uh definitely some legitimacy just to the tenure i've portrayed it the longest but um, I've I've been able to enjoy a lot of success with it. You know, it's uh, it's a bigger character. I've only ever portrayed one or well, two other big characters in my career. But this one was the first time I was ever really able to spend a lot of time figuring out how to manipulate it. Um, I came into a good situation in that there was already some 
nostalgia behind the character once it was reintroduced. So I didn't necessarily have to bend over backwards to try and prove uh, the character's, I don't want to say value, but I guess I would say legitimacy to the community at large um, because there was already a lot of excitement that the character was coming back, so to speak. You know, we were 18 months in and, you know, Orbit was already starting to become a household name because once I started being able to prove myself, not just in the stands, but also, you know, through a skit here and a skit there, they saw, oh, you know what, this is this is actually something that has a lot of entertainment value. And you have to understand, my first couple years, the team was not very good. Um, and so we had to often rely on that entertainment value uh, to make sure that people were having a good time. And so, and that's always you know, a good and bad situation. When, oh, yes. When your team is doing awful, it, it helps you grow. Sure. As a character, uh, lights the fire under you. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also gives you more opportunities, more opportunities mm -hmm. to, you know, be seen. Your team relies on you a little bit more. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I remember when I first got here, the hat wasn't removable. And you know, that might seem like something very nuanced, but I said, hey, you know what, we need to, you know, we need to make sure that that hat is able to be removed for the national anthem. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And so, you know, we made it removable, but it, it's almost become like a whole nother prop, you know, whether, you know, if I'm exasperated, I got to take it off and be like, are you serious? Or, you know, if we're having a moment with someone, you know, just a very subtle gesture of just taking off your hat, you know, mm -hmm. um, or, or, you know, it's something like your hat. Yep. tipping your hat, mm -hmm. you know, turning it backwards, you know, someone's wearing their hat funny, you want to swap hats, someone's wearing a visiting team hat, you know, you put it over there. And so um, it, it's definitely provided a lot of fun stuff to play with, you know, obviously with the antenna and, and different stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's, it's been an awesome time, man. That's great. If you were to look back and say, hey, you know what, this was a really amazing moment for the character or for me or you know amazing moment as far as affecting somebody else what would what would that be <laughs> yes because i love telling this story um this is by far my and and i tell this story unapologetically to anyone who may be interested in coming into this business or working for us or working on my team or working for me um and it was an interaction that we had with a blind man okay um, this was probably circa 2015, 16, maybe even 17. I can't remember. It was a while back ago. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, we're always trying to look for moments. You know, this one always stands out in my mind because there was a gentleman um, was, who was obviously visually impaired. He had the cane. Um, you know, you could kind of see the eyes were a little bit hazed over. Uh, but he was there with his buddies, you know, sitting there in the front row. And I noticed him from far away. And I, I kind of signaled to my handlers, hey, we're going over there and I need you to block off the aisle. You know, because when, when I realize that we're about to have a moment with someone and I don't want anybody coming over trying to get a photo or something like that, I was like, look, we got to create a perimeter because I want to have this moment. And I had no idea how impactful it would be. So I walk over. Um, you know, his buddies are like, oh man, Orbit's here. And the guy's like, what's, what's Orbit? Who's Orbit? And I walk over and I gently grab his hand and just put it on my arm and, and, and allow him to feel the fur. Like that's Orbit. 
And then, and and this man was, he was probably in his, he was in his mid fifties, maybe late forties, early fifties, something like that. And he's just like, oh my gosh. And he starts getting very emotional. And he, I put his hands on my, on my face. And, and to me at that moment, it began as, look, I just want you to feel, you know, what other people see. These are my antenna. This is my, these are my eyes. This is my nose, whatever. But it kind of uh organically turned into a the best way i can connect the best way i could describe it is a connection you know it's like we have this moment we have this connection the guy starts crying okay he starts getting tears in his eyes and he leans in and says listen orbit i don't know who you are but i can feel god in you so and i and i tell that story all the time and and i tell people i was like look I under, you know, to some people, this might be just a job, you know, we can throw around key phrases such as, you know, bringing joy to people's lives and and all that stuff. And and it can become a grind and it can become repetitive and tiring and fatiguing. But every now and then we get these, we get these moments and these reminders that we're part of something much bigger. And, and I tell people that, you know, you, you had alluded to, you had alluded to it earlier you know, I'm a firm believer in that. And, and I tell that story verbatim the way I just said it to, to anyone who's willing to listen. And I tell them, like, look, I follow it up with, listen, I don't know what your belief system may be, but you can't argue with power in that statement because we have the ability to create such incredibly impactful moments like that for anybody that steps into this building. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is, that is unbelievable. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it is, it's believable, but mm-hmm. that's very, I don't know. I love that story. I love it. Yeah. It's my favorite story to tell. Well, favorite one to tell. You know, I, I honestly believe we are placed here in, <laughs> whoa, that's my phone going off there. I have, I, my, I have my phone ringer on here because my my son and uh his lovely bride are about to have their second child like they're in the hospital right now so oh my <laughs> and you're sitting here talking to me <laughs> they're they're in detroit they're in detroit so <laughs> i'm like i can't oh, even man. be there if i want to so put them in the zoom we'll watch yeah there you go <laughs> uh, well you know uh, i honestly believe that that this position is it honestly transcends so many barriers, so many uh, different situations, and has a has a higher purpose in so many ways and mm-hmm. in so many different situations. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Absolutely, I, that, uh, I have several stories like that, but I I just want to leave with leave with that one. I love that. You know, I'll take it. Look, you're doing. An amazing job down there. I love your personality because it, it comes through in your costume. It is a, uh, you know, you've got great philosophy there where you, you, people, a lot, of, a lot of people think, you know, we're just this wild and crazy guy, you know, and we just, hey, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're just happy about everything. Um, mm-hmm. But we think deeper. We um, want to create moments, like you say. And then also, hey, we also, <laughs> we also feel like, hey, that's not so fun. Okay, stop pulling on me. 
Stop kicking mm -hmm. me. <laughs> Stop throwing your kid in front I'm of me. Because sure. I just nailed him in the face with my knee. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's happened. Yeah, yes. yeah. Man, but... Many, many times, you know. And I, yeah. I, you know, I also tell people, you know, hey, particularly if I, if I might be working with a novice performer or someone who's really looking to, is like, hey, you know what, what, what can set me apart or what can start thinking of or, you know, how can I approach my performance differently? And I always encourage people to perform objectively. Okay, you know, not just not just go from point A to point B, but go to from point A to point B with a purpose. You know, it's easy. It's easy to go out there and, you know, wiggle your butt or, you know, whatever. But it's like, OK, are, are you doing that just to generate a uh, response or are you doing it because there is objective reason why you're doing it? You know what I mean? Yep. And, you know, going back to that story I just told previously is, you know, hey, a, had we not been looking for a moment, it, it possibly could have never happened. And B, is when we're there to give my five, I mean, yes, that has its place. But I, I think in that particular moment, the objective was far bigger than just a handshake and a high five. You know, there, there was uh, an opportunity there to A, create that moment and B, create that connection. Yeah. It's, to me, it's the difference between talking and mm -hmm. listening. You know, right. So, but mm -hmm. right there, you were listening. You were looking for opportunities. You know, looking being for present. moments, being present. That's mm -hmm. the word right there. So, oh yeah, the, the, and you know that's interesting because we're always told exaggeration is key, right? You know, yeah. exaggerate because you're going to be you're in front of thousands of people, and there's true, and there's a, a time and place for that. But I've often found that sometimes the best moments and so, sometimes even the funniest things happen in subtle. Oh moments. yes. Sometimes subtlety. I, I is preach key. that all the time. You know, oh, sure. you don't have to, you know, like the tip of the hat. Mm -hmm. People get that. You oh, know? yeah. And even like my favorite thing is, you know, someone might say, oh, you asked this question earlier. Is it hot in there? You know, uh, anyone can be like, duh. But, you know, I, I usually have two go to's. Number one is like, is, is it hot in there? And I'll just go, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, like a, really? Come on, you know, and it's just the most subtle thing, but it draws such a reaction. Or, you know, I might do like a, yeah, it's hot in here. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, <laughs> so yeah, you take anything from this podcast, subtlety is key. Yes. Well, next time we'll get you and, uh, and Oscar on here as well. Oh yeah, we got to do it, man. <laughs> totally. Dug it. I mean, cause he, he's, we're both big fans of the podcast. In fact, I'm going to, uh, when I'm done here, I told him I had a zoom meeting, but I'm going to tell him I'm like, oh, I was on the podcast. He's, I know he's going to flip out and then, uh, I'll wait for the just perfect moment to be like, and guess what? You get to be on it too. So. <laughs> timing, <laughs> so timing. I'll let him know. Wait just a little yes, bit. Of it. Yes. <laughs> Kyle. Thanks. Appreciate you. Peace. My pleasure, buddy. Yeah. Bye. Love it to the bank. Bye.